0: Hello and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous Podcast. I'm your host Jamar. Today's episode 145, we're going to be interviewing Chris F. How you doing this morning, Chris?
1: Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me on.
0: No, no problem. I'm excited to do this, so let's get started. Tell me about your
1: childhood and growing up. Um, man, growing up, I grew up on uh, Long Island, New York. Uh, pretty much that's where I am now, man born and raised in. Um, I probably had one of the best childhoods. You know, growing up on the water, uh, fishing, snorkeling, crabbing—the best summers that you can think of. And uh, yeah, man, it was just, it just my best memories. You know, uh, growing up and and my my happiest times probably in my life uh, had to be in my childhood.
0: What kind of things would your parents take to doing?
1: Um, you know, it was, um, I'm. You say, "What would they have us doing?" Is that what you said?
0: Yeah. What kind of stuff did you do for fun?
1: Um, you know, like I said, you know, growing up on Long Island, you're, you're right near the water, so you know, all my uncles had boats. My my grandparents had a house right right on the bay. Uh so fishing was probably, and, and to this day, you know, fishing. It, and <laughs> Sorry, there. I got my son over here. And hey, buddy, remember I said I'm in a meeting? Can you go watch TV? Yeah. Okay. I
0: think
1: yeah, so that's one one thing I want to give my my kids growing up is is a child that I had. So, yeah. um, you can you're gonna be editing this? I'm
0: assuming. Yeah, I'm gonna try to.
1: Yeah, so sorry about that. It's okay. tough on. Uh, like I guess on Sundays with with the kids, You got one 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 napping and one uh won't leave me alone. Gotcha. So um, but uh yeah man uh growing up, you know, fishing was, was probably one of my favorite things to do and and just going on the boat as a family in general, we you know, we take the boat to the beaches on on weekends and just hanging out with with you know, my brother, my sister, my my cousins. Um
0: Yeah, my cousins.
1: That was uh that was that was the be- the best times I think growing up.
0: That's great. So, what what was your school life like? Like you're socialized
1: school, as well. You know, I was always a good student. Normal kid, man. Um, you know, was always a, a pretty decent student. You know, put you know, played sports all through high school, basketball, baseball, soccer. Um, you know, and and just like I said, man, just just was kind of a normal kid, man. Just, just, just hanging out.
0: So what was your life like or I should say what do you is there anything you could kinda pinpoint going back to your childhood that might have led to addiction issues? Anything at all or was it like you said um
1: yeah I mean happy roses. No, it it was definitely it wasn't happy. It was you know, my unfortunately my father passed away when I was thirteen. Um sorry to hear that. So that was uh it was definitely tough. It was tough on the family. Um I have a big, big family. As far as, you know, a lot of uncles, aunts, cousins. Um, So that was like the first time, you know, ever in my life, I kind of saw that, you know, <laughs> life can knock you down um, and life, life can kind of keep you down if you let it. And, you know, there's no promises in life. Yeah. And, you know, I learned that pretty much, it, it was an early age that I had to learn that. Um, and I don't want to say that's when my, my addiction started, because to be honest, I had no idea I was not one of those people when the first time they had a drink they automatically knew and said oh yeah yeah I knew I was addicted right then and there you know I was you know I still after my dad passed you know it still wasn't bad as far as you know I was still you know on Long Island growing up still had my friends around me still had that my my the normalcy in my life um it wasn't really until I went away to college is when things kind of really started going downhill um with, with well, a really- lot of things
0: Real quick, what age were you when you first tried anything?
1: Uh, Well, I would say when I first tried, you know, had alcohol. I was 14, you know, and it was just, you know, I remember was, I remember it actually. It was just kind of some kids hanging out behind the store, just had it like two beers whatever. Didn't even really like it at that young of age, man. It's not like it tasted good. um, And I think the store owner kind of popped out, so we all ran. So it wasn't even like, you know, I really got – Drunk or anything, it was just the first time kind of experiencing alcohol, and didn't really touch it again until I was sixteen, and that was the first time I started getting drunk. You know, but again, that was normal. You know, high school. You know, hanging out on weekends, having parties, and just drinking. You know, with with, at parties, it wasn't you know anything out of control really at that point. Just kids being kids. Yeah, yeah.
0: So what was so you said it was really when you got to college that the problem started. What what kind of signs were you uh, experiencing leading up to it?
1: Oh, well, leading up to it, like through high school, you know, I, I was definitely keeping a lot of feelings in inside, didn't really talk to anyone about, you know, what happened with my father and, and uh you know, he passed away from cancer, so you pretty much just, you know, he was a big, big, strong guy, you know, and, and just kind of seeing him, you know, wither away to nothing was, was pretty tough to, to experience as a kid. And, man, I didn't really talk to anyone about it. Um, I just kind of went through high school like I was, you know, everything was all right. Everything was normal, you know. But, I ha- you know, I started developing a chip on my shoulder, man. I was pissed off that, you know, he didn't get to watch me play sports. You know, that's a big thing with a father son. You know, he he, wa- he was able to you know watch my brother. My brother was four years older than me, so we kind of watched my brother play high school sports, and he was always at the games and stuff like that. So me, you know, playing and then kind of looking in the stands. And you know, God bless my mother; she was always there. You know, she she never, you know, she didn't she didn't miss a stride. You know, as far as when my dad passed, man, she 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 taught me that you you got to get up and just keep going. Like you can't sit there and say why me because you know she had three kids she had to take care of she got a job she had to get health insurance you know she had to just take care of us you know she had no 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 time to to get pissed off and 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 like I said say why me so you know that was my early um teachings from my mother of you know not not staying down and you have to get up and keep going um, but, you know, through high school, like I said, man, I was just developing that big chip on my shoulder. And I noticed the more I would drink, the more the more the anger would come out. Um, so going away to college, you know, the plan was to, uh, you know, the small school in Virginia. And, you know, I was going to play baseball. And, you know, things didn't really work out. And I remember just going to college and just seeing everyone's, you know, especially with my roommates. All their fathers were there to see them, you know, see him off to college, you know. And, you know, that ship just started getting bigger, man. I was just starting to get more pissed off and started getting that why me attitude. And, you know, you go to college, man, there's no, you got no one watching you. <laughs> you have a lot of freedom, you know. And I just said, fuck it, man. I was just going out and drinking every night, you know. I just started to to drink and not really care about, basically anything you know and that that really wasn't me as far as like not giving a giving a shit about school you know like I said I was always a pretty decent student but you know I just the way I was starting to drink and really just kind of I was experiencing some some blackouts and experiencing like that anger that kept coming out and I started kind of getting labeled as like that that loud guy from New York that, you know, was just drinks a lot. And really that wasn't me. So um, I just kind of went with it, you know, and that's who I became and and never went to class. Didn't give a shit about it. Um, First semester got three D's and an F, I think. Um, They put me on academic probation, came back. The next semester really didn't give a shit. (laughs) I think I improved a little bit, but not enough where they basically just kind of suspended me academic suspension for a year. So I ended up just coming back home. Um, and that's when all the, you know, the depression started coming in the, you know, just being like, I can't believe like where I am at this point, I never would have thought that's where I would be. Like when I was in high school, like if you, you show me like that's who you are in, in college, I'd be like, no, nah, that's, that's not me fuck, no. Um, so really I was just, I knew that I was really disappointing my father You know, because I was disappointed in myself. I just didn't think I would be that person to fail out of school and, you know, come back home. You know, because you see people like that and you always be like, that's not me. And, uh, you know, that. But at at this point, you know, being, you know, 18, maybe just turning 19, you know, already started going to bars, already started really kind of blacking out every time I drank. Um, You know, and and I I was functioning, though. You know, it was, it, it's why I think it took me so long to to realize that there was a problem because I worked, you know, I worked hard. I worked, I, you know, landscaping, manual labor, you know, I, I worked hard, played harder, but you know, the, the drinking started definitely becoming more and more out of control. And like I said, I started blacking out pretty much every time I would drink and, you know, that, that anxiety feeling of waking up being like, but what did I do? Who did I do to? Cause I, it wasn't like I would drink so much and I would be happy, you know, I was a, like I would just become a totally different person. I think all that anger that I had built up inside me just kind of, man, would come out, and it would come out on the wrong people. Who would it, <clears throat> who would it come out on? You know, people close to me, my friends. Um, um, you know, if if I had girlfriends at the time, like usually them, you know, like it, it just. You know, it really shouldn't come out on anyone. You know, it should have been something I should have dealt with, you know, with either talking to a therapist or, or talking to someone about my anger. But I, like I said, man, I just kept all that inside. So, you know, it it would just, like I said, man, it would come out to people who were closer to me and, uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't fair to them.
0: So how long was it until you thought you had a problem?
1: Uh, I think around that time, like I said, it wasn't really drinking to have fun anymore. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still had fun, you know, um, but I can tell it was more, it was like, definitely used it to numb feelings, um, started getting really like severe anxiety at that point, uh, you know, really bad panic attacks, which I didn't know what they were, to be honest with you. Um. I went a long time with that. That's kind of like another part of my story. Where uh, actually, it's a probably I would say it's a bigger part of my story was dealing with with anxiety and depression. And um, you know, at 22, I had my first pretty much rock bottom. I guess if you want to call it on a blackout, I was driving, just don't even remember getting in my jeep. Uh, crash, hit five parked cars. Thank God, no one else was hurt. It was just, you know, I, me, I just busted up my knee real bad, had to get reconstructive knee surgery, somehow did not get in trouble with the police, which down the road, like, I mean, I, I don't know how to this day, I never got a DUI. but, um, you know, that was the first time where it was like, I think you, even like family members, like, you, you know, you need to slow down and stop, like, you, you got, you know, deal with this or it's going to obviously it's going to kill you you almost killed yourself already and uh you know I didn't get it at that at that time I was 22 still young um but this is the time where it was I want to say it, it it really really started going downhill mentally for me because I just I, as soon as I was able to kind of move around and crutch around, dude, I was already going to the bars with my friends again. So just drinking so much and obviously not being able to work. And I gained a lot of weight. Um, you know, I, I like I said, I was always an athletic person. So I think I ballooned up to like 250 around there, you know. And this is when the anxiety really started kind of controlling my life. You know, it was, um like I said, I didn't know what it was. I just kind of assumed something was wrong with me and, and I was going to die young, just kind of like my, my my father did. Um, You know, anyone who's had panic attacks, it, it basically feels like a heart attack. So, you know, you, you think you're really like sitting there dying. And I'd I, I say I went a good 10, 10 years or so with having that like pretty much on a daily basis. Um, And through my 20s, which I don't really remember too much, to be honest with you, because, you know. At that point, was blacking out, you know. And, at
0: that um, point, what? Say that one more time. At that point,
1: I'm sorry. At that point, I I, I was, you know, every time I was drinking, it was just complete blackouts. Okay. Um, so it was, you know, like I said, through my 20s, it kind of hazy. Um, I just know that that the anxiety w- was was running my life. Is anytime I did anything physical, um, you know, it, it would just cause me to have. These huge panic attacks, I just thought, like, just because of the fact I was so out of shape now, I was so fat, and um, I just did so much damage to myself that I was, like I said, I'm like, I'm just gonna drop dead of a heart attack at some point, you know. And everything I did was physical, I, I you know, worked manual labor, so I was having these panic attacks on a daily basis, multiple times a day, sometimes, and people had no idea. Man, I was just suffering in silence. And I'm sitting on on the inside screaming, help, 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 you know, and I'm and I'm just steady working on that. like no one had any idea what I was going through, like on a daily basis. The, the mental warfare that was inside my head, like to actually cause like physical symptoms. Like kind of I mean, there was times where my arm would go numb and I'd be like, Holy shit, dude, I'm having a heart attack. There'd be times where my heart would just start racing and I'm like, Holy shit, I'm gonna have a heart attack. Yeah, I mean, there was times where it would Felt like I would have these huge palpitations where my heart would almost stop. Like it was just fucking with my head so much every day for so long. And the only thing that really helped and numbed anything was alcohol. So it was just in this constant, you know, I guess said, work hard, play harder type mentality. And, you know, many, many nights of of driving drunk and, and not even black and not even remembering. Somehow I never hit anyone. Other than that one accident I had with the park cars, I never got into another accident. And I'm talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times of, of driving like that. And I, to this day, I thank God every day that I didn't kill myself or someone else because there's no way I should be here right now. Um, but for whatever reason, I am. And, um, you know, it took until around 30 years old when I finally had to break down and go um, see a doctor about what was going on with me. I was ready for news that like, hey, you have cancer or you have something, your your heart's gonna, whatever it is. And they basically did all these tests. And like, other than, and, and at this point I was 300 pounds. I was at my worst, Um, you know, 300 pounds. And like I said, just the only thing that would help was alcohol to numb everything. And after they did all the tests and they saw that nothing was wrong with me, that uh, the doctor said, you know, I, I think it could be anxiety. And I was like, anxiety i had no idea anxiety can cause like those physical symptoms like that i was describing and it just kind of blew my mind and at first like i was relieved and it lasted about 30 seconds and then i was like well how the hell am i gonna beat this like how am i gonna get over this man anxiety like it's you know it and and to this day i think getting over that anxiety uh was probably one of the hardest things i ever had to do um how did you do it I did start to see a therapist. Um, they did put me on some medication and the doctor actually wanted to put me on some blood pressure uh, medication. Cause he did say my, 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 blood pressure was high. And I was like, no, nah, there's no way I'm doing that. I'm too young to be doing that. I I'm not going on medication now. Um, so I start, I went, and I remember the day he told me I went and signed up for a gym membership, started going to the gym, you know, and, and, that, that mental warfare was not over inside my head with, with the anxiety. I was still having panic attacks to the point where, you know, I remember one so severely where I was on a treadmill, couldn't even run for like five minutes and had this just overwhelming attack where I basically like freaked out, hit the button, stop, you know, went out of the gym, drove home crying, being like, I can't do this, man. I can't, I can't beat this. i, I I'm, to the point where I'm like, I'm just going to settle for fucking misery for the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, it's just something in, inside me kind of just was like, you know what? No, nah, man, I ran five minutes today, dude. I'm running six minutes tomorrow. Like, I just started developing this mentality and where it was like, I I don't give a shit what happens. I'm just going to keep going. And it took a while to really train my mind for that. And I was still having the panic attacks. They started being a little bit fewer a little less severe, um, started to lose a little bit of weight. This trainer introduced like this, um, you know, nutrition plan. That was the first time I realized how much nutrition played a part and everything. And, um, you know, first – and then for two months, I was actually able to stop drinking. Um, and the two months followed that nutrition plan to a T. And, uh, and man, when I tell you the, the, the weight melted, I dropped like 50 – between 50 and 60 pounds that, that first – couple months and uh that was it was pretty eye-opening to me like how much nutrition played a part in it um alcohol played a part in it so the panic attacks kind of were, were few and far between even to this day I have I call them moments I'll have some anxious moments but nothing like I went through and it, it was you know like I said man mental warfare inside my head every day and to be able to push through that I think really is the first time my got my my training of my mind to to keep going and when life knocks you down you get up and you keep going you know just like my mother showed me and you know got got lost along the way you know here I am again and it's it's that that mentality that that you just have to trust your instincts and know that if you keep going you're going to get better bigger stronger faster whatever it is and um you know unfortunately the, the alcohol is still there because being able to lose that weight and kind of overcome the anxiety, my confidence kind of shut up, you know? And, and cause I, I mean, I had zero confidence for a long time. So I started gaining some confidence. I was like, man, this is awesome. And, you know, sure enough kind of went back to drinking and for the next eight years after that is it, it, it just got worse. You know, it was like, as you get older, man, the consequences get, get worse, you know? And, and, you know, f- had, went through a failed marriage, you know, went through many times again and pulled over again and still never got a dewey somehow, you know, just blackouts, just another reconstructive surgery on my face. You know, it's just the list goes on and on where I can just talk about all these incidents uh, of alcohol. What um, happened to your face? Um, you know, it's it's. I told people I I, I face planted when, you know, and, uh, you know, I was obviously, you know, com- coming from me, people believed it, but there, there was, it was more of another, uh, you know, people that got the wrong end of my anger. You know, I was, I was married for the second time at, at this point. Uh, I'm sorry. I wasn't even, uh, married. I was, um, engaged to be married and, and, you know, is it, was, it was just kind of an altercation, you know, between, uh, me and my stepson, um. And, you know, I don't really tell too many people this, but it it got bad to the point where, I, you know, I got blasted in my face basically by uh, this heavy lamp. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it got my whole nose just kind of, you know, busted open. So I had to get reconstructive surgery on that. But obviously it was, you know, I was, I don't remember too much from it. You know, I was so drunk that uh, it was just, it was, it was, it was a bad, bad scene at, at the house. And, uh, you know that, and that wasn't even the last time I drank that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't even enough of a rock bottom for me to uh to stop you know um it it went on for for a little bit longer after that um I think another few months or so after that it, it kind of kept going with with the alcohol and like I said it's I'm on my second marriage at this point, and uh it just wasn't getting any better.
0: So, what did you do about your marriage? Did you guys? When did you
1: guys split up? Uh, well, the first one, it was in my early thirties. Um, alcohol definitely played a part in that. Um, I just wasn't. I just wasn't able to get sober. You know, it was just, just wasn't. Uh. It it just wasn't in my mind. I just it wasn't ready to be married. I don't think I just. I don't think it was the right person. I I was just it was someone I was with for a long time. You know, when I was actually got together with her right after my car accident. So I was with her for you know, she's been through a lot with the alcohol and I I think maybe I just got married for the wrong reasons and um I just wasn't happy with myself in general. You know, hated myself, you know, hated myself for a long time just the way I looked, the way I felt, the way I was just where I was in life and probably just Maybe got, thought I owed it to her to marry her because she was with me for so long. So, so we ended up marrying her and, and four years later, you know, we were divorced already just because I, I just was kept drinking and didn't give a shit about anything else. She always said she never had a husband. She had an alcohol. So on my second marriage, you know, I was on the verge of, of losing that one as well. Um, Up until, you know, the last, I got married in, in August of uh 17, almost blew it on the honeymoon had a horrible, you know, experience there with uh blacking out and drinking and, and you know just um so December uh, 24th of 2017 was actually my last drink. So it was uh a bad bad Christmas Eve, another bad scene and uh you know, December 25th, my wife said get out, you know, get out of the house and I I left and I spent uh Christmas night in a hotel room, man, eating Burger King cuz it was the only thing open. And that was uh my final like kind of it wasn't even the worst thing I did in drinking, but like mentally that was it dude. that was my rock bottom right there. I was just looking around being like this is this is where I am right now, and on the verge of basically another failed marriage Christmas night in a hotel room, you know at thirty eight years old, that's not where I wanted to be, and uh that was the last time.
0: Did you do anything to get yourself help? Did you go to rehab yeah. or anything like that?
1: Um, I didn't do rehab. Um, during my twenties, I, I did a couple of stints of outpatient uh, rehab, but it just didn't take. You know, I just really wasn't ready. Um, did some AA meetings in my twenties as well, but again, just went to appease other people. So I, you know, obviously I knew AA. Um, I knew where I can go to a meeting. So I, I just, you know, went to you know a meeting that was close to to where I was and uh you know the people were just I can tell were just such genuine genuinely nice people that really wanted you to get better and like they see it on your face you know and again one of one of the sayings that they say in there is like no one comes in here on a winning streak so like, when people walk in the rooms you tell when there's a new person man they come right up to you and it was just kind of overwhelming where I was like wow man this is this is crazy and um you know, they found a great home group, and and just kind of been there since. So that that definitely helped me out. That's great. Happy for you. Thank you.
0: So that's quite the story you have.
1: Yeah, it was, um, you know, it's definitely it's it took a while to get to get sober. You know, like I said, from the from the minute I started drinking to when I got sober. So it's definitely a lot of uh. I mean, I can go on and on about all the all the details and all the horrible nights and just all the, the feelings of anxiety and all that. But it's, you know, I, I try to. I don't want to say I don't. I don't think about that because I do. It, it was your past. It's part of you. It's who you are. You know, it, it's what makes you. You know, who you are today. So. um I always called it, you know, the darkest days of my life, but I look back now and and it's honestly the best days of my life because it put me to where I am, you know, today.
0: So is there anything you're doing nowadays to stay sober? Any, any type of tips or tricks?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still, um, I'm still involved with AA. I'm not as, 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 involved i guess as like some people are with it um i do have the you know the home group uh, you know a sponsor i talk to here and there you know and to be honest i'm you know coming up on five years of sobriety i never really went through the steps or anything what what really helped me was having a group of people that for one were were similar to me you know like you know they you talk to other people about drinking and it's like it's hard to talk to a, a, a person who's not really in in that same capacity or in that same mindset or you know basically uh who's not an alcoholic it's hard to talk to them sometimes because they don't really understand what's what's going on or or can comprehend how much like drinking we like that we had to do and to to, to help us out <laughs> to, to to numb shit and um so i think just having similar people around me and having that accountability factor was was huge um you know, I'm a prideful person. I'm a competitive person. I don't like to lose. And, you know, they always talk about pride as one of the, the seven deadly sins and how it's bad, this and that. And, you know, I, I'm like, you know what, I, it's who I am. I'm a prideful person. So I got to kind of put a positive spin on it. And, you know, I would always say, you know, if I drink, I lose, you know, and I don't want to lose. So I, I kind of just put that, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to go back to the rooms and tell people I lost and how to drink. So it was like that accountability factor that really helped me. And, um, you know, from, from there, you know, I was able to kind of take all my past experiences and turn that into, you know, um, turn that into, uh, I don't, it it, basically a brand, my own personal brand. It's a lifestyle brand. And I started it a few years ago and I never thought I would be someone that have, you know, a podcast because I hate I don't like talking <laughs> you know I was never good at public speaking you know anytime there was public speaking in, in college if I saw it I would basically just drop the class or I would hype myself up and be like All right, I'm going to be able to do it and and go through the whole year thinking I'm going to do like I go through like a final thing that had to be an oral presentation and I just wouldn't do it. And I would end up failing the class, you know, it was just, it was just something with me with public speaking, which is, it was just not good. I just couldn't do it. And So if you told me I was going to have a podcast, I would have been like, nah, I don't think that, I think you got the wrong guy. Um, so having a podcast and having people come on and talk about their stories about addiction and <laughs> overcoming really adversities in, in, uh, in general. Um, it's almost to me like having like a one-on-one meeting, you know, it, that, that, that has really helped me like stay sober at, as far as that goes, but um, it really my family, you know, in, in particular, I got two young boys now, you know, those, 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 those guys, man, they, they, I know I have to be the best for them and it starts with not having a drink. So those, those are my whys right there. And, um, you know, I, they, they weren't around when I first got sober, but they're definitely keeping me sober now.
0: That's great. So, one last thing, because I heard you just mentioned this. So you have a podcast, also?
1: Yeah, I do. It's um, I call it the the Primal Mindset, and it's it's really because I started a uh, like I said, a lifestyle brand called Go Primal. Um, started it when COVID hit actually, and um, you know, it's really it like I said, it, it overcoming all those adversities and. and to me, it was one hundred percent. Like it's all about mindset. And, and to me, go primal. It's it, when I think of go primal, I think of like a lion that's on a hunt, and um, he uses his instincts to to see something that he needs out of necessity, and uh, he doesn't stop until he gets it. You know, and that's to me was like something that when I first, you know, was talking about that um, one incident, that one panic attack, where I really kind of switched everything, and, and that's what. That was like the, where the primal mindset was born. And I didn't know it at the time, but it was just that, that mindset to trust your instincts. Like I saw something that I wanted. I wanted to get over that anxiety. I wanted to just to love myself again. I wanted to get in better shape. I wanted to be healthy. I just wanted so much better for myself and I, I know I deserved it. And I just saw that and I would not stop until I got it. And that was like that, that mindset that I want to try to help people with and you know that—that's what I, you know, to me, I would say, you know, never settle. You know, I was at that point where I can just settle for misery, or I can, you know, struggle and, and and struggle to get better and keep pushing through and struggle to 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 get what I want. And that that was the whole premise behind the Gold Primal brand. And you know, I started out with just having apparel um, because I didn't really know too much about you know, starting a business. So I figured that was the best way to, to get my logo out there for people to see it and be like, oh, you know, in my mind, I think, oh, they're going to see it. You know, this is, the power is going to fly off the shelf. This is going to be great. But it didn't really work out that way. And uh, I kind of, you know, through talking to people and and, and, and kind of switched it and being like, listen, you know, Go Primal is about you. It's about your lifestyle, man. Put your, put your story out there. You know, let people hear it because people want – to feel that hope that they can do it, you know, cause I'm just a regular guy, man. I don't, I'm, you know, there's nothing too special about me. So I, I think if people could, if people see that I can do it, then there's going to be hope for them, you know? And, and that's when I kind of went into the podcast and, and putting my story out there and having guests come on and put their story out there. Then you know, then someone kind of reached out and, um, you know, just saw what I was doing on social media and seeing how good I was doing. And, you know, and, I didn't mention it before, but ultimately I ended up losing 100 pounds. So, you know, to to see the transformation and, you know, people close to me just can't believe how much better I am. And, you know, mentally, physically, Um, when someone reached out to me, I kind of pivoted into the whole mindset coaching, you know, and started getting some clients with that, you know, and I teach, you know, I call it the primal mindset. You know, and, and I don't even like to really call it coaching. I call it more of like a partnership. You know, I'll be your mi- mindset partner, man. I'm there with you. Let's go. You know, like I'll be there every day with you, holding yourself accountable because that's what it is, man. People just kind of need that to have someone hold themselves accountable. And I know that stuff that I can do. And I know how I got through everything that I can teach people to do the same thing. And, and that's pretty much the three aspects of my brand. I got the apparel, the podcast and the mindset partnership.
0: But, you know, I'm glad you got yourself keeping yourself busy and uh, glad you're sober. Quite some stuff. It's good stuff you're doing.
1: Yeah, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, you know, it's to have, you know, something to actually that I have passion for now is something that I was really looking for for a long time, man. And, and I didn't want to just kind of go through life just doing. You know a, a job that you didn't really like to be at you know being miserable and you know to be able to help people and you know get them past that point as well is something you know really means a lot to me
0: yeah it's great. so I think that's a good place for us to wrap it up yeah man <laughs> unless, unless you had anything else you wanted to add
1: um, no, it's just, it's, uh, it's, like I said, it's like, I like to kind of talk where I'm at now because it's a little bit shows people that they can get there. So I, yeah, I'm glad that I was able to wrap it with that and, and give people with that, that sense of hope that, you know, if, if I can do it, then they definitely can. And, and I, you know, if people ever want to reach out to me, man, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. Uh, I don't mind talking to people. You know, I, I got better at talking to people. So, you know, it's the more, the more I do it, the more I really love, love, love just uh, connecting with, with different people.
0: Awesome, dude. Awesome. All right. So for everybody watching and listening, I hope what you like, uh, I hope you liked what you saw and heard and go to our uh, apologies website. Our website is dot com. You'll find plenty of resources and literature. You can also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, and TikTok. So we have a lot of stuff on there as well. I hope, once again, you like what you saw and heard, and until next time.